You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's yeah. great company, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And thanks for pressing play on this episode of To and Out, wherever you're listening to it, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We really appreciated the fact that we can be here and talk about Canadian football in December and still have people being hungry for it. I'm Travis Curra. He is Sheldon Jones. We are officially in December, man. Holiday movie time. What's your must-watches in December? Obviously, Christmas vacation, that's like number one for everybody. And if 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 it's not, you're wrong. <laughs> um, I, Tammy and I have been watching uh, some of the Hallmark movies. This is the first year I'm actually checking them out. Some are totally terrible, but some are all right. They're some they have right. a formula. They have a oh, formula. Yeah, yeah. We just now, sit there and we're always like, okay, that's okay. So that's the girl and that's the guy. Yeah. So are are you a tear shedder? Yeah, I am yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, I I weep like a little girl at these movies. <laughs> what was I watching? Oh, I think Dragon's Den last night. Even some people's stories. I'm like, you know, yeah. Oh trying yeah, there's to find there's it a back. there's a lot of onion cutting in this household. Um, but <laughs> other than that, I always I always have to make sure I watch Elf. Uh, I love Elf. Uh, Home Alone, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just I watch them all. To be honest, all the old Rudolph and the Frosty the Snowman. You're a festive Muppet. fella. I I love Christmas. I do. I, I, do. I do too. I do too. I uh, um, Christmas Vacation. Obviously, I have to watch something that hasn't been mentioned. Scrooged with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. I, oh, so the end of the song gets me every time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> a total trash movie, but a complete guilty pleasure is Jingle All the Way. And it must oh. be. <laughs> like, Give me the Turbo Man. <laughs> I love Jingle All the Way. It's oh. It doesn't matter if it's trash. I love it. That's, yeah. that's, that's a great one. Arnie had a great like comedic sense oh. oh yes yes he did like kindergarten cop and jingle yep. all the way are freaking amazing twins like <laughs> yeah already yeah already yeah, can bring it i love it <laughs> yeah, more than just a nice bod that guy <laughs> now we're about a week out from the 58th Vanier Cup in Kingston, Ontario, where the montreal Caravan beat the ubc thunderbirds 16 to 9 so nice. look, <laughs> not the most obviously when you look at the score, the most exciting game. But I'm looking at the ratings, and the game drew 126,000 on CBC. But then I'm seeing on French language television over 200,000 people watched the game, and it peaked near 300,000. That's but awesome. Those are wild numbers, and I. People, I think, would like to watch more university football. 
it's just quite frankly the access to it yeah. isn't there. And I realize that producing sports is expensive, especially original sports. They can't just parrot an American broadcast and throw it on TV and sell advertising for it. But if yeah. it was on TV more, I know Sheldon, I'd watch it. You? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like it's, it's exciting football. Like it, it is, uh, you can't, you can't knock it. It's just younger people playing it. Yeah. Really. The, the, they do, they have like wide open offenses and, and I know the score in the Vanier cup wasn't that offensive, but there's, there's really good defensive play in the, in the CIS too, or U sports, whatever it's called these days. But it's, <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's good football. I, I want to go check out more Rams games next year for sure. And the Vanier Cup is going to be in your neck of the woods in 2025. They're going to be hosting yeah. it at uh, Mosaic Stadium. I, I really do hope that uh, there's going to be good support for that game in that setting. And it's going to be back in Quebec City at Laval in 2026. It's been a while since the Vanier's been out west. If I'm mm -hmm. not mistaken, it might be... 2011 in Vancouver. Of course, it's indoors. I believe there was a Vanier Cup in Saskatoon in that era, and it ended up yeah. being like minus 30 yeah. or something like that. So like, I think maybe that's why they've avoided the West for a while. Yeah, no, it makes sense, especially with them starting later than the CFL, yeah, and that's yeah. and that's why they'll unfortunately never ever be able to line up the yeah. Grey Cup and the Vanier again. But it, it would be awesome if they could find a way to start their season a little bit earlier, but it, it's tied to when you start school, right? So uh, it is what it is, and hopefully, like you said, more more Canadians can get out there and, and support just great grassroots football. And, and I think that goes for the CFL, too. The season can only go so early because these kids oh. do have schooling to finish. Yeah, and you well, want true. them available, like the draftees, available for the draft and training camp and all that stuff. So it, it all comes into play. Mm -hmm. um, and I I kind of wonder, if if you're a listener of Two and Out and you would like more U-Sports content, uh, leave a comment or let us know. This is just totally anecdotal, but the, the views on YouTube were the most we've had since the Randy Ambrosi interview in August. So uh, I know you weren't on the show. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to insult you. <laughs> No, no but, cool. but I will say, like, the people during the playoffs coming to YouTube, a lot of new viewers, so mm -hmm. thank you for that. Yeah. And I I was surprised by the U-Sports uh, support. I think people are hungry for the content. There's just not that much of it. Um, but Montreal getting the win, <laughs> what a remarkable run from that defense. They didn't give a touchdown all playoffs. I don't care what league you're playing in, what sport you're playing in. Yeah. To not give up a touchdown all playoffs is it's a remarkable run. And that Montreal means that they're the first city to own the Grey Cup and the Vanier Cup in over 40 years. Edmonton did it in 1980. And you saw the parade for the Alouettes in Montreal? Yes, sir. How awesome did that look? I've read that they've already gained over 700 new season ticket holders in Montreal as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I it looked amazing on TV or on YouTube or whatever. 
like <laughs> that town i they just looked like they weren't ready to party and it, it's just they everyone in that city i think just jumped on the hype train with jason moss and cody fajardo f you just watch and, and <laughs> what a speech and a lot and a lot came out to watch what a speech i already saw mark antoine de croix eating a poutine out of <laughs> Yep. Out of that beautiful, beautiful trophy. I think they lined it with, like, saran wrap, so... They did. <laughs> and and fun fact, when I had the Grey Cup at Dairy Queen, the equipment guys brought it over to me in 2013. It was, other than my marriage, probably the greatest day in my life. Did he just you, handed me the Grey Cup. Did you expect it? No. I, he, well, he said he was going to bring it by okay. at one point. But I was at home, and Tammy called. She's like, the Grey Cup is here. Get your ass to the store. <laughs> so I, like, sped there. I got there. And he was like, do you want to fill it up with Blizzard for us? And I was like, I will. And he's like, no, nah, that would be too top-heavy for it, so we won't do it. So, oh. but, but <laughs> That I would fit a lot of soft serve. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it would have been, like, at least a few liters, but I was going to do it. I, I was ready to do it, but no, he's like, he handed it to me and just said, go have fun with it. So I took it in the back and took pictures and yeah, it was amazing. Wow. That th- That is really, really That's cool. an only in the, in the CFL kind of moment. Cause there's no way anyone's given the Super Bowl oh, to yeah, yeah. some manager of a, of a restaurant. Right. So I, I, it just made me appreciate it more like what these guys go through and all that. Man, that that's so cool. So I, I look. I think the passion is there in Quebec and French Canada for Canadian football, and clearly, like the Caravan fans. I, I, I think I read there were five busloads that went to Kingston, and nice. the noise that they were making was throwing UBC off. And we got to talk about, I guess, a lot of the Canadian talent that's coming up the pipe, and hopefully this talent does get CFL opportunities. Um, but UBC's offensive line, I, I read that they had like two dozen visits from NFL teams. Theo Benedict, he wins the Lineman of the Year award for the second consecutive year, the first offensive lineman to ever do that. And Sheldon, I got to ask you what you think about this. In U sports, it's the most outstanding lineman. So D linemen have a chance at winning that award as well. I think I love that idea. What do you think? I do too, because the defensive linemen don't get any love at ward season, right? So I agree because there's, yeah, no, I I think that would be an awesome thing for the CFL to adopt because, yeah, linemen are great, but D linemen needs some recognition too. And I think while all the talk and the flash and the, you know all the stuff around Canadian quarterbacks gets a lot of talk and it, it deserves a lot of talk but I, I think the offensive line pipeline has kind of slowed down over the last little while yeah. that entire UBCO line could be in the CFL probably a couple of those guys getting NFL opportunities so I, I think the future is bright for linemen in the CFL. I can't see, I can't wait to see where these guys' uh, um, careers go. And look, I, I, I think the quarterbacks get a lot of flack in the CFL, but if the line play uh, 
improves and mm-hmm. the Canadian line play improves, then I, I think those quarterbacks just get uh, a leg ahead. Uh, they get to be that much better, right? Yeah, agreed. And and, and it has dropped off. And some of those elite players that were getting drafted were deciding to then retire or go to doc med school or stuff like that. So uh, it hopefully like you said, this is the beginning of, of another boom because I remember back when I was younger and, you know, it seemed like the top five picks in every draft were an O-lineman and they were a yeah, stud O-lineman. Yeah. And then then you'd be getting to some of those quote-unquote skill players. But uh, those hockeys used to be the backbone of the Canadian uh, ratio, basically. Uh, so it'd be nice to see if they can get back to that. Chris Morris wins coach of the year with the U of A Golden Bears, brings them back to the playoffs and within, you know, a play of beating UBC to to make it uh, to at least the semifinal uh, within a game of the Vanier Cup. So congrats to Chris Morris for winning the coach of the year. And then. Yeah, and again there, again there, that's another thing that the CFL should look at too, because that is a coach that turned yeah. his team around and got recognition for it, just like Jason Moss should have this year. Yeah. Well, and now, especially now, knowing that they especially went to break now. up, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. But like, it sh- it doesn't just have to be the two, the two number one seeds. Like that's yeah. what it always seems to be. So again, CFL. Pay attention to your young fellas. <laughs> Jonathan Senecal wins the Heck Crichton Award and the MVP of the Vanier Cup. Now, the game started. He actually threw an interception. And UBC, they didn't take advantage of it. But I was thinking, oh, boy, maybe we're going to have upset special here. Uh, but he goes 16 to 26, 170 yards with the interception. He added 53 yards rushing. He had over eight yards of carry there. He's electric, and he still only – I think he has two years of eligibility left. So. Yeah. Maybe the crop of Canadian quarterbacks is looking up going into the future. And, hey, winning for the Caravan, who knows what we see in two or three years. Maybe this guy just makes the jump to the Alouettes. You know that uh, Danny Machocha likes bringing up the guys from his old program. Why mm-hmm. not bring uh, Senecal up to the CFL and with Trey Ford doing what he's done, uh, maybe we're going to see another. I don't want to put too much pressure on the guy, put it out into the universe, but I would yeah. love to see him get the opportunity and continue his success playing football. Yeah, and, and don't forget about Curtis Rourke, who's going to be draft eligible this year, right? So, And he I, set I, the school record. He passed his brother in career passing yeah. yards. I, I I have a feeling he's going to get a, a good look down south as where Nathan really didn't. But uh, yeah. I, I, I'm i sure that there's going to be a team, and hopefully, I hope it is the Riders, you know, throw a sixth or seventh round pick and draft him. I don't know if he'll last that long, actually. But some, some team is going to take him so they can get his rights because he's yeah. dynamic. And it, just imagine the future possibly having Ford, both the Rorks, this Senegal kid, like, that'd be awesome, man. Garrett Rooker was the quarterback of UBC. He's a Texas kid. He went 26 of 40 for 279 yards. Clearly, uh, 
leans towards the passing game <laughs> during the Vanier. I thought there was a couple opportunities where if he was Senecal, he would have taken the opportunity to run and gain the first down, especially later in the game. Uh, UBC kind of had a few opportunities to drive down the field and possibly tie this game up and send it to overtime, but the Montreal defense was able to hold them there. Uh, Dane Kapler of uh, the Thunderbirds, he had five catches, 64 yards in the game. He is the son of Gabe Kapler, manager in Major League Baseball, which is pretty cool. Uh, Sam Davenport, ooh, a pivotal moment in the Vanier Cup. He had five catches, 66 yards, where it would be interesting to see what you think about this. There were a few moments, you know, when you watch CFL and the guy falls down and it's not by contact, he can get up and keep running. I'm like, ah, come on. (laughs) But... Davenport made a miraculous catch. He got, it appeared, got the toe down, but with no replay or challenges, things like that, it was ruled incomplete. Uh, Part of me enjoys the purity of the game and just the human element of the officiating, but it's like, ooh, that was a big moment for the Thunderbirds that ended up not counting, right? Yeah, it, it's it's six of one half does the other because you do want I know to have that human element, but when when you see a miraculous catch like that and, and it just doesn't count because you don't have the technology to be able to show that it actually did happen, then then that's a kick in the junk. Yeah, yeah. Aragi Magunda, if I'm not mistaken, was injured for much of the season for the Caravan. He gets into this game. He has two carries for 24 yards and a touchdown for. Catches 68 yards in uh, (laughs) this one. So uh, definitely a pivotal member of the offense with Montreal. Um, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game, especially when it comes to low scoring games. It was it was cool to watch and the interviews afterwards, especially with Kalen St. Cyr. He shows up to the stadium wearing uh, his dad's Alouettes jersey. And he ends up winning the Vanier Cup with Montreal. Uh, a couple talented teams. Uh, Blake Nill led UBC team, kept it close with Montreal, but they couldn't quite do it. And the Caravan are champs. And Montreal controls and reigns over Canadian football. That is wrapping up that 58th Vanier Cup. And hey, Kingston, what a great host, that new stadium. Uh, man, I, I I got an itch. I just want to go to more games next year. I might have to check out the Golden Bears, or maybe there could be a, a football weekend in Regina or Manitoba or something like that uh, I can make happen mm-hmm. next year. An interesting announcement from the BC Lions. Sheldon, touchdown Pacific. We're going to the island. Uh, Vancouver Island, which the Lions have said they want to make this British Columbia's team. And actually, there's uh, Langford, BC, is pretty like, come on, why didn't we get the game? Maybe this is something we see going forward for the Lions, but I I know they've done ticket packages for, you know, a bus ticket and people from the Okanagan going to Vancouver and from the island going across to BC Place for games as well. 
I wonder if this is testing the waters when BC Place is going to be hosting some World Cup games in a few years. Maybe they're going to need to do uh, a couple yeah. games in Victoria or elsewhere in BC during that season. But uh, this looks like a pretty sweet event. Next Labor Day weekend. So the Lions, uh, they've typically kind of gotten forgotten about yeah. over Labor Day. And I know the games against Ottawa, but the fact that it's in Victoria, touchdown Pacific, I think this is going to be a sweet event, Labor Day, for fans on the West Coast. I do too. Um, I, I... I think it is, it's cool that it's Labor Day weekend to, to try to get that in. The only bad thing about it being Labor Day weekend is I think there's probably a lot of CFL fans from other places that would have wanted to go to it. And so that's going to be a tough sell, but hopefully the people in BC and close to there, maybe even the Oregon, they can come up and, and check it out. Uh, but yeah, it'd be cool if BC and, and, and Ottawa maybe could have a Labor Day game every year because the you know the battle of the or no I guess it'd be Montreal. Yeah. Anywho, but then the next week you could have Ottawa and Montreal play each other, and that could be a nice rivalry game too, and then give BC the 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 buy there. So uh, it's cool though, but it would be it's very interesting because it might it'd be nice for them to get that BC connection, kind of like what Saskatchewan has or Manitoba has, where everyone travels to go, and then if you did have like one game a year for a while in other places in BC. That'd be cool for them. Yeah, I think this one is clearly for Lions fans where yeah. maybe Touchdown Atlantic, they wanted fans across the CFL and locals to take part in the game. I think it's only going to be between ten and 13,000 seats. Um, so Lions season ticket holders are going to be fighting for tickets to that and uh, fans yeah. on the island are going to be yeah. fighting for tickets to that as well and it is a Saturday and a long weekend so I think anybody in Vancouver and any Lions fan going to be able to take in this event so that means we know one game mm. on the, the calendar for 2024 I guess we can also bet that Hamilton will be hosting Toronto Calgary will be hosting Edmonton and Saskatchewan will be hosting yeah. Winnipeg so we know we Labor Day one weekend week. yeah we know one weekend of matchups uh, so, I don't think we have to wait too much longer usually it's yeah. the 10th or 7th of December that it comes out so hopefully next week we can all start putting our vacation days and figure out what kind of trips we're going to make I'm hopeful I don't know if it'll actually work this year with us going to WrestleMania. That's going to cost a lot of money. But one of these years, I need to do the the four games in four days. I need to that that needs to happen for me. Edmonton, That's, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, or yeah, something east, or in east. the east. But they just got to make it, and it'd be cool if they would make it once per year where this opportunity is there for people yeah. to do it. Because I've seen it, I've seen people who have done it, and just. What an exhausting but amazing, uh, I think, weekend that would be. I guess the West one's a lot of driving, brother. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, the East for, would be way, would be way easier if, yeah. if the, if the riders could be playing in the East, at least one of those games, that would be cool. But it'll happen always... the same day as Metallica's in Edmonton. The, the riders <laughs> will be in Calgary or something. Oh, just wait. Yeah. I, I know that's going to happen because yep. I bought tickets to that. So, yep. Yeah. I guess another game. <laughs> hey, if the Riders are in Calgary on the Saturday, you do Metallica in Edmonton Friday, Metallica in Edmonton on Sunday, and then go to Calgary on Saturday. Yeah. Or there could just not be a game, and then we could do a nice CFL meetup in Edmonton on Saturday. Whoa. 
Some That's an idea. That is an idea. Boozy cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to tell you, man, the sluice juice cupcakes that uh, Chantel made and had it Grey Cup. Woo! Sign me up for those again. My wife is not a drinker at all, and she loved the sluice juice. Mm. So I, f- I forgot to ask you, did you get one of the Grey Cup uh, pins from the Grey Cup Fun Police? The Oh, I those do. Ba- those badges you one? did? Okay. Yes, okay. Because well, I got one from Officer Dave. One? He he, Andrea made a little post about it saying how limited it was. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. And then <laughs> brother walks into Dairy Queen, shakes my hand with a pin inside the hand like, like a pimp. It was amazing. <laughs> so I got one, and I, I love it. I had a guy try to shake me down at the convention center in Hamilton trying to get that pin off of me. Really? Yeah, I guess it was uh, quite the sought-after pin. Only special people get them. <laughs> I also got this one. Uh, I beat X-Pager at uh-huh. CFL Fans Fight Cancer Fantasy Football, which raised over $39,000 at the 110th Grey Cup, a grassroots initiative by CFL fans. Absolutely incredible the amount of effort and work and so many things all season long that went into this nearly $40,000. Chris was quite upset that uh, for a while at Grey Cup weekend, it was the only pin I was wearing. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, I I had this Remembering George Reed pin Mm. given to me by uh, Ryder Charm uh, on X, uh, Cindy. So thank you for that. And then the Grey Cup Fun Police. So I, I have to find my Grey Cup box. I couldn't find it before my flight. I'm like, well, I got to go. So uh, ended up taking off. Um, we got to go to Winnipeg now where yeah, there was what? a lot of speculation about the front office uh, going into this offseason. But they put it to rest. Now, Mike O'Shea and Kyle Walters both have contracts through 2025 and the assistant GMs as well. Danny McManus and Chet, Ted Govia. So this is... Uh, big for the Bombers, and you know, Sheldon, they're going to want to keep that band together until they host the Grey Cup in 2025. Now, it's going to be tough to keep that core around. Father Time's undefeated, and uh, some called the Bombers old at times this season, but they got to the dance, and they almost got it done again. Will they be able to do it again in 2024 and 2025? And Sheldon, a lot of work to do because Dalton Schoen has been on his rookie deal. He is going to need a raise. He's going to want a raise. Like most, like highest paid receiver raise, like Geno Lewis money. And Brady Oliveira, who (laughs) the Canadian 1,500 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, William Stanback was the highest paid running back in the CFL this year at 160K. Brady. You're I Canadian th- too? I think he commands 200 in the open market. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I don't know if the Bombers have that in the books to to pay him. <laughs> 200 in the open, probably 180 to keep, to stay in Winnipeg probably. 
He'll, he, he's a hometown boy who loves Winnipeg, so he's going to take that. They have he's going to take a hometown discount. He's, they have that going for them. Yeah. And they might have a few of that core team retiring in the offseason to bring some of that off yeah. the books. Stanley Bryant, probably. Yeah. So, so that's saying something. Um, <laughs> the Olivera situation, I, I think, is very interesting to watch because it's easy to say, oh, the hometown kid, he's got so much going on for him in Manitoba. But there's only so much opportunity to make money playing football. and Especially at running back. Yeah. Especially at running back. That's true. So... They've got Johnny Augustine in the wings. He's been with the team for several years. Is he starting caliber in Winnipeg or elsewhere? He also has a six-figure salary as a Canadian running back. Maybe he ends up on another team somewhere this season. Yeah, but you also got to you, you have to remember too that the players on Winnipeg, they have a litmus test of what happens when you go and try to chase money with Kenny, the King Lawler, who, who did that in Edmonton, didn't work out for him. And he came back to Winnipeg. Right. So he might be cautioning some of them. Hey, sometimes the grass isn't always greener, but the grass is really green in Saskatchewan, Brady, <laughs> but actually, no, no, you can say there. I want AJ. Olette. I was going to say, I, uh, let's, for... let's make it work. Corey, <laughs> I think the Argos are going to get that one done. Well, I think we'll so, see. Because yeah. uh, Andrew Harris is probably retiring. And yeah. they've got Daniel Adababoye. Uh, he is Canadian. So, yeah, let's see what the Argos do. But the new head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is Corey Mace. I actually saw him Grey Cup week, the Thursday night in Niagara Falls, Walking with him to Shaggy after the CFL awards. <laughs> it was him. <laughs> but, man, he's fired up. So am I. <laughs> you watched the press conference. What did you take away from it, man? Uh, passion. I, I think he... We've all seen the 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 posts on X that you know when the last thing he said to Jeremy O'Day in his first interview was, "I want that effing job." So, and he he said that's true, and he wow he wants he wants to be here. He 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 went to a small town university in the states, so he knows what it's like to play in a or to yeah to play in a in a place where there's only one game in town. And that fishbowl here is huge. Uh, but just he's going to be a blue collar guy. He's going to bring a winning culture. Uh, he's he he made me want to run through the wall, and I was just watching him on a screen. So uh, I he's all in. His his he's moving his family here. Uh, he's he's going to be great in the community. I there was a there was a time where I was wanting it to be Buck Pierce. Uh, I'm I'm glad there was a time actually I wanted to be Scott Milanovich, but after hearing all the stuff that is coming out about that, I'm I'm thinking the Riders dodged a bullet. Apparently, Milanovich wasn't willing to live in Regina full time, and he wanted to keep Jason Shivers and Kelly Jeffries as his coordinators. So uh, I, I think I, I'm glad that Jeremy O'Day had the had the foresight here to be like, this is a guy we want, and. I'm ready. Let's go. 
they, the writers had kind of set themselves as a November deadline and uh, just by the, you know, the skin of their teeth, they did make it happen. Uh, By the end of November, Corey Mace won a great cup with the Stamps as a player in 2014, with the Stamps as a defensive line coach in 2018. No, yeah, 18 in Edmonton, and then uh, with the Argos as the DC in 2022, and we saw their defense again this year. So we're going to see who his staff, obviously, is going to be. Uh, who's going to be, you know, calling the plays on offense and everything else. So maybe we'll see that by the end of the year. Not exactly yeah. sure. He he made it seem like they're they're going to hopefully announce it as soon as possible. He said he's had conversations. He just needs to, uh, you know, obviously they, they, the, those coaches, if they're under contract with another team, they need to give their notice and, and all that stuff. So um, the rumors are, that it's going to be Mark Mueller as the offensive coordinator. Uh, that's everyone, not just ballsy. Everyone <laughs> is saying that it's Mark Mueller, uh, which which is interesting to me because Calgary's offense hasn't been that great the past couple of years, but there's been a lot of drops there. Uh, so I don't know if you can fault that on him. And he hasn't actually been the true offensive coordinator there. He's just been kind of calling plays in Dave's offense. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I've read that there might have been some micromanaging there. So it'll be interesting to see if he indeed gets the job. But also, it's going to be tough to be this grandson of Ron Lancaster being an offensive coordinator in Saskatchewan. Because that's talk all we're about- going to talk about talk about a target on your back and but at the same time if he if he does well then he's a god right the same fan base that uh booed the little general on his last start (laughs) those are the days oh how many people I wonder if there are people in Sask that remember going to that game and just feel like an idiot now (laughs) I'm sure there's there hopefully should be a lot of fans who are feeling like idiots for booing Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but one one other thing I want to say about Corey Mace is you can tell he's an alpha and that's what this team needs because we just had a beta for a coach. So it's there's no going to be no low, low laid back attitude. They're not going to be going bowling after a win or a loss. They're after not going to and maybe after a win, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. not after bowling. not after six games, six losing streak. But he's he, you can tell it's going to be you do what the team wants you to do, or you're not going to be here. Like he's, I, I feel like he's a very he's in the same kind of vein as Mike O'Shea as a coach. Players love him, but he has that you know you're doing this or you're getting out, and so. It's just a breath of fresh air in Ryderville. I was very low as a Ryder fan. and Six I'm weeks ago, you were a broken man, and now this very. is the off-season hope in, that happens every year. <laughs> yes, but I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> that didn't take long. No, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm all in. Like, We're I'm, all tied I'm, for first. <laughs> we're all tied for first, but I, I just hope that... 
and last. He, he's going to have growing pains. Being a, a, a new head coach, he's going to have growing pains. His staff is going to have growing pains. So I just, as much as I know it's not going to happen, I just hope Ryder fans can be patient with this because uh, while we're coming off a, a team that did rebound rather quickly and win the Grey Cup, we can't expect that to happen right out the gate here. But as he said in his press conference, he, along with a lot of other people in the CFL that he's talked to, think that the riders have a solid foundation. So now is time for them to figure out who is that foundation, extend them with whatever money you have left this year, and go out and get, bring some of those all-stars from Toronto. Get some of those other people that, you know, want. there's going to be a lot of players who want to come to Saskatchewan. I have a feeling now. The CFL has released the potential free agent list for 2024. You can go to cfl.ca and see that if you would like. We know that between now and February, there is going to be dozens and dozens of re-signings. But does a new head coach, especially a guy that was coaching the defense in Toronto, uh, attract some of those successful players that were in Toronto? Uh, I just look at some of the dogs on the defense with the Argos, and I think Henoch Mwamba is going to retire, but just look at the linebackers. Winton McManus and Adarius Pickett, both up for free agency. Defensive back Robert Priester and Jamal Peters, both up for free agency. Defensive linemen Dwayne Hendricks and Sean Oakman, both up for free agency in Toronto. I'm not saying I'm all licking, these guys are going to go to Saskatchewan, I, but I am licking my lips at the fact of Sean Oakman in a rider uniform. I think that would be an instant Jersey Ooh. purchase for me. Yeah. Like, and I got to redo the pick I got with him. At Grey Cup <laughs> <then>. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. Love that guy. Uh, like that's the tree trunk that we haven't had since we've had Willie Jefferson, right? Like yeah. that, that's the type of player that we yeah, watch him end up in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be you. wild. I hate you so much. <laughs> hey, other free agents is, do you think Sean Lemon is going to not be signed until next, you know, August? <laughs> I have a feeling he is. It's tough because he he's up there in age, right? So yeah, you can't yeah, you yeah. can't give him too big of a deal unless it's like heavily in, incentive based, right? Because yeah, but I, I don't think so. Uh, if he wants to play again, I'm pretty sure oh, Montreal yeah. is going to sign him because, like, I'm sure I'm sure he'll get a little bit of a bump of what he was playing for because he probably didn't sign for too big of a deal this year, coming in you know two months into the season, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, maybe he still can make it lucrative for him, but yeah, I love Sean Lemon. I used to hate Sean Lemon, but I love Sean Lemon now. There might be a bit of a quarterback shuffle in the off season. Uh, are the riders going to stick with Trevor Harris? Looks um, like it though. And what's going like, to happen in Hamilton? Like, do they stay with Bo and Matthew Schiltz? I believe is up for free agency. So they, they got a choice there. You have to think Dane Evans out of BC is going to be uh, available. Is he going to stick around in BC? Uh, what's going to happen there? And then 
McLeod Bethel Thompson has stated that he wants to return to the CFL. So there's going to be some, you know, uh, exciting stuff happening over the next little while uh, in the Canadian Football League. I have to say that the probably the least active team in free agency might be Edmonton, which is mm-hmm. the first time we've said that in forever, Sheldon. <laughs> Yeah, but this is this is year three of Chris Jones, and by now he, there's a reason they have the least amount of free agents because Jones has got his team, I think, to where he wants it. He has that foundation, and it, I think it took a season longer than it usually does for him. Uh, but the the second half of the season was far better than the first half of the season for them, so they get to build on that, and and yeah, they just need to find a couple more pieces of that puzzle to try to. See if they can, you know, leapfrog maybe Calgary and, and try to leapfrog Saskatchewan. And I know the old line's not the most fun thing to talk about, but I want to see where Darius Bladek of the Argos ends up. He's too talented to be on the bench. I'm uh, home. Which at times he was on the bench in mm-hmm. uh, Toronto. So we'll see where he ends up in 2024. Fun mm-hmm. times. Still lots of football to talk about before the end of the year. And I do hope to have a goodbye episode to a Brazilian tie before Christmas as well. We are officially in December. You can rate, review, and subscribe to and out on your favorite podcatcher. You can also uh, like, comment, and subscribe to YouTube as well, where it's growing slowly and steadily, and the comment section is still a positive place to be, which still to this day surprises me almost Mm -hmm. more. Than anything. You can support Tune Out on Patreon. Thank you so much for helping us with that this year and the hosting costs and uh, upgrades to the show, which you will see take place in the new year. Well, we're still bringing the heat. Uh, the old grizzly veteran. I'm, I'm a lot grayer than when I started the show in 2015. But uh, coincidentally, sh- I'm sh- getting a patch. Here. Oh, you are? I am. How do you feel? I'm ready. (laughs) You shall not pass. (laughs) I just want to be a sexy Matt Dunnigan. A sexy plus size Matt Dunnigan. Let's go. (laughs) That might be the name of the podcast. (laughs) I figured you'd do that, yeah. (laughs) We'll talk to you soon on Two and Out. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 